0: Welcome to general depravity. Haven't done this in a while. So we're going to see what the degree of success is here. Uh, On my mind First of all the movie Everest If you do see this movie You kind of got to do it right I hate being a a Piece of like Promotional advertisement But if you go to see it You kind of got to see it On a big screen in a theater With a good sound system That's the way it works It's got an air of realism to it But I don't even like realism, I don't like realism in film anymore That's what I want to talk about Can we stop having realism in film? It doesn't really do anything for anyone In A Fish Called Wanda, there's a scene where some dogs die, you know? And it's a comedy, so you kind of expect it to come across a certain way what if they added realism to that movie? What if it was 100% realistic? Is that going to help a comedy film to have a perfect, realistic depiction of a dead dog carcass scattered all across the street? No, you, you want the, you know, the furry, obvious stuffed animal. That's the one that works for comedy. And even if it isn't a comedy, you you kind of don't want... That to take away from the film Like let's just say you have a normal film And for some reason there's a heart attack Or someone faints I mean if you depict that in a real way That's a harrowing thing to look at You want to look away You know It's going to take you out of the movie To have that level of realism People don't like realism If people liked realism You know what they would do? They would just live life Because that's as real as it gets And it sucks Which is why They see Fake life The magic of cinema On a screen And they don't And they get to You know Just a moment's reprieve From the awfulness That is their everyday human existence So I mean That's the that's just the general way to go about it You know Screw everything else Be happy, be content With it Forget realism Forget the Christopher Nolan You know, it, it was fun for a while We tried it out It's interesting But at the end of the day, what do you want? I mean, Everest is a movie that's harsh I mean, you could watch, uh, you you could watch action movies all day, and the the gunplay, the gunfights are about as effective as watching kids play cops and robbers. It, there's there's no weight to the violence, and some movies, that's a good thing. It's just a superhero myth to see some guy who can, you know. Take out seven bad guys with his weapon When he's unarmed or who knows And it's supposed to be light It's supposed to be absurd and uh, playful But the further you delve into realism It sort of kind of Just takes you out of it Like Everest by comparison is very real It's very tortured Miserable film to watch I mean, you'll feel anxious Throughout the whole thing Because it it puts life under a microscope It puts you there It puts you into the lives of the people And it's real in a way that That's hard to describe Because if it was just the tale of one person And it just followed them, that would be one thing But it shows the lives of the people it's affecting When lunatics decide to do the boring thing And travel into the woods And obscure locations and mountains And go all the way to Nepal And everything they have to deal with To ultimately sometimes die After paying large sums of money In the tens and thousands of dollars So You know It's just sort of a thing Realism I mean it helps And it hurts If you see someone Ripping off a toe Is that a pleasant experience I mean it's real I saw that in a movie recently But does it help Was it necessary to tell the story? To show graphic horridness in all of its glory? I don't know. Personally, I could have skipped it. So, but again, I mean, what else are you going to do? In a situation where the story is similar to the Titanic, I mean, you could downplay it. You can try to add comic relief. But at the end of the day, you know, that's how you add drama. You make it gripping, you make emotional connections between characters, and you just play it through. So it's realistic, even though some people have claimed it isn't. The person who wrote it claimed, you know, it was bullshit, but I think that's just because they added some stuff to his character that didn't necessarily happen. And there were multiple accounts and multiple books written about the same event So everyone sort of has a different take on what happened So, I mean, you should see it, it affected people, you can tell I mean, uh, I reckon the best part of the movie is when someone in the audience began fretting (laughs) You know? Just that when you think things are going to get bad It gets worse And I I swear I I heard a person speaking like (laughs) Some audience member Begins speaking in tongues Or God knows what I mean maybe it was just too intense for him But there are some just There are some just very dark moments in the film And I want to personally Think the lady uh, in the theater who, who during one of the darkest moments Vocalized what everyone else in the audience was trying to suppress When she began cackling as if she were, you know A joker and the, uh, a hyena the hybrid She just found some certain death, really hilarious and you gotta give it to her You know And and it wasn't the first one So you know But I mean What courage That lady displayed By just being herself You know Everyone else is trying to be nice Repressing what they truly feel You know Scared what everyone will think of them she had the balls to be the one singular voice of reason in a in scenes fraught with tension to finally release out of her mouth this nonsensical you know cuz there's only so much morbid absurdity in life you can take before you know you start laughing about it Before you realize, hey, these people put themselves in this situation By their own choice They're not thinking about their loved ones Because they're kind of They're a bit, bit, you know, asshole-like And they kind of have it coming That's what they wanted They wanted a challenge, and then they got it And then they died It's hard to look at it another way So, you know, that's just... Thing That happens Uh, You know Otherwise in the uh, following Something I had recently That I want to share Is an experience I recommend everyone have It's sort of an experience In transcendental meditation Um, I call it going to The ear doctor You go there You go there, you drive up I hadn't slept all night So I'm tense I drive I drive up To the ear doctor place I go in And when when you don't sleep You have bad sleep And you get tired So what I did was uh, I was just anxious The whole time Anytime you're at Uh You're at any sort of doctor Or any sort of hospital Or any place like that I get tense and I already have you know High blood pressure so it doesn't help Finally I get escorted in With a nurse And I talk to her I tell her as she takes my blood pressure Yeah I'm a bit nervous I don't know if this is going to go well But uh she, she takes it It's a little bit above average But whatever uh, you know, I chalk it up to not having slept. And uh... And you know, I was able to make her laugh and smile. But the thing is... Well, I'll come back to that. So, I'm in the waiting room. I forgot my headphones, I have nothing to distract me. So I'm just looking in this room. And there's weird ominous sounds coming from this... ear doctor's office. You're just there. And it's just the bright fluorescent lighting You know Like you're in Alaska on a sunny day Surrounded by snow The ugliest lighting imaginable Is all that you see And it's, it's you know, it's just reprehensible But you look around the room And there's all these weird wires And there's a bucket with a biohazard sign And It's probably full of blood and calm and piss And there's this vent at the top of the room To the back, to the right of me And it's just making these weird ominous churring noises Clanking, mysterious machinery sounding noise And I'm just waiting there Tense Just a tense person Just an anxious person is me And then in the middle of the room It's just a big chair And there's the mechanical arm But the big chair Looks like, you know People strap people into that chair And do ominous things with them Just uncomfortable, deviant things Of course there's a sink I'm sure it was dripping and again, more wires Going in and out of places Pumps, utensils That you could just pick up And do God knows what with That's how it was, man The ear doctor's a scary place People give shit to dentists Which is why they have a high suicide rate But really, the truly evil, you know Is probably the ear doctor But they don't get any shine In the evil scumbag book Probably because You know, those appointments are less common Than a dental appointment So I wait there for approximately Three and a half years Sitting around, nothing to do Not even pretending I want to look at my phone I just want to absorb As much of the uncomfortableness as I can Then my doctor comes in And uh He just looks like the nicest person ever And he probably is But that doesn't stop me from being tense And then he starts grilling me Grilling me man Like Abu Ghraib And you know But psychologically Like he starts reading my profile Did you do this? Have you ever smoked? Drinking alcohol etc and then he and then he really hurts me uh so what do you do for a living oof and then he says oh you have high blood pressure uh and uh social anxiety i don't even remember writing social anxiety down I think he just saw me and guessed it Cause you know That's the type of tense person I am Just saw right through He saw I was a balloon So close to popping You know And then What he did next Was horrifying Humiliating instructs me to get on the couch, the couch looking chair, the casting couch. And uh just does all he just proceeds to do all these weird things. The ear doctor is a is a strange experience. But but you know, it, it, it was meditative and zen like in a way because he's like sit down and you sit down On the chair And you begin to meditate And the chair begins to lift It rises up into the air As you sit in a Buddhist position Just rises up Slowly mechanical You know Motorized engine sounds in the background As the chair rises up and then the chair, you know, falls back And then he just, like, does all this weird shit Stuff you, 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 you couldn't even imagine But while I was still in the seated position He's like, uh, okay, I need you to look over here uh, Look over there Look at my nose Look at my nose I'm gonna look at your eyes What does this have to do with anything? I'm not sure and uh, and uh, he 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 puts a tool in your nostril, so he puts a tool in my nostril, a metal tool, and he's just shaking it around. And then he does it with the other nostril. And he's looking in both of my ears, telling me what he thinks, saying he sees, you know, y- your 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 eardrum is a wasteland, my friend. Tell something's happened there. A murder happened there. And I'm just going to tell you about it. You know? That's what happened to you. And then he's like, uh, any weird thing you can think of, he's like, do it. He starts feeling up your face. He's like, uh, um, move your eyebrows up and down. You know? Switch them. Oh, okay, good, good. Move your ears back. And, uh, and then, uh, he, he, he has to check my ears from behind. He starts giving me a fucking back massage. I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm a little bit more relaxed now. I don't know if this is even medically unnecessary thing or if he feels I will, you know, slip into a coma as the result of being uncomfortable around doctors so so i guess that's a thing but uh the the most horrifying part of all this is the doctor sticks two sticks in your mouth just one after the other And makes you say, oh... Like... It's so... Embarrassing... And... Uncomfortable and odd... To have... Someone... Do that to you... Not one stick... Uh, Excuse me, is is that as far as you can stick your tongue out? Like, it really was... it, It really was... No, I don't want this. But, you know, and and just so you can f- vicariously live through the embarrassment I experienced, I'll do it again. Like, you have two. Uh, uh, uh. It's like, no, no, not good enough. Y- y- the people in the back of the room can't hear you. And. How soul-wrenching is that? How uncomfortable is that? You know, you try to craft an image with yourself. Convince yourself that maybe you have some worth in life. But no, you can't. You you, you just can't. You just are humiliated by, you know, doctors. You know? It's like, lift your left leg up. Um, twist your knee backwards, whatever thing they say, you know, you've got to trust them Because you believe that they're objective, and that's what they got to be That's what an ear doctor has to be, objective, you know And that's what I wanted to bring up about humor, I can't be funny around an ear doctor, because they... Because you don't want to get You don't want to be the one person who's like Trying to, you know, make someone laugh And then they forget to do their job And they're trying to be as proper and professional as possible So you You know Get the right diagnosis (sighs) So yeah, and then you're in a seated position You have an ear cleaning Which is a vacuum that goes into your ear And it feels weird You know, I've never been in Vietnam But I imagine it's not too different It's unsettling, uncomfortable You basically got a little straw in your ear Sucking all your, you know, anomalies out of it It's fucking uncouth It's uncool And it's like Just a weirdly You know Rapey vibe to the whole thing But but the good part is Afterwards I felt kind of like Jesus I could do anything now I could be in pornography Because I basically just was I now know true degradation You know And after it's all done though You realize you got—you really gotta respect these people Cause they make you look like a piece of shit When they have the grace and decency to be so precise and delicate with their work You know Gotta thank the guy, tell him I really appreciate what you do Uh, Not just with me But like just with, with all your clients To do something That's so Necessary Yet so Weird and Technical and requiring Of so much schooling You gotta respect it You gotta respect the ear doctor And that's what I did You know You just totally gotta let go and be at someone else's mercy as they molest your ears, nostril, and mouth. Again, you know gotta just let go. I can let go now. I had that transformative experience. Better than doing seven doses of ayahuasca in the jungles of Peru is having to do this Now you now it could just be that I You know, have no sense of You know, propriety and decency And humanity And that's why these simple tasks Become so difficult But that's the way I saw it But from positivity I want to switch gears Into negativity And talk about a troll I hate this Freakin' troll kid In Texas Named Ahmed Mohammed. It's how uncomfortable that is To even Hear I mean I would imagine it was Because it's uncomfortable to say I don't like this kid I don't like this kid Not because he's Muslim But even if I did Not like him because he's Muslim There's nothing wrong with that Because it's a religion can we really, can we really say, can we really just get over this? Can we really build a distinction between bigotry and ideology? Martin Luther King said, judge people not by the color of the skin, but by the content of their character. Yes, a lot of Muslims happen to be brown. Like I myself am slightly brown Browner than average Bearded I got a lot of things that, you know Are stereotypically Middle Eastern But It's still At the end of the day The basis for bashing any religion Is ideological Even Martin Luther King A person ...who was very uh, religious, knew this. Yes, uh, the good doctor knew this. The good doctor, Martin Luther King... ...knew to make the distinction. Ideology, not race... ...was the premise of everything he preached. So it's okay to hate someone... ...if they're religious... You can say uh, I don't like Christians, you can say I don't like Muslims, I don't like Hindus, I don't like atheists. You can say I don't like people who uh like the color yellow. I mean it's it might be stupid, but it's not technically offensive. It's just your ideology. It's just the content of your character. And there are valid reasons to hate on many religions You know, the, the way they defend molestation In some cases I mean, if they are, like Take Catholicism, for example The Pope, with his recent visit to the United States Everyone pretended to care about The highest powers Of the Catholic religion Conspired Conspired to, you know, keep it under wraps To not tarnish the image Of the Catholic Church At the cost of, say, you know You know, not not giving any Credit to the fact That hundreds of deaf children Were raped in Wisconsin I would say that that's a bit of a big deal If those are the highest powers What are the people down low You know what are the values that they follow. That's just something I have to wonder. And and so this respect for you know religions is not is an ideology is not something I agree with. I respect each ideology on an individual basis. If it sounds something like something good, I agree. Sounds like something terrible, I disagree I don't disagree with religion I do disagree with a lot of its practices And that's what this is all about So When you have a religion that has a doctrine Of sort of, you know Spiteful vengeance and retaliation You know, outside of a Jason Statham film I don't really want to see any of this stuff Put into practice especially not you know when it comes to the real world real people with real actions you know you can hate the whole fucking quran and you're still hating an ideology or a book even even the good parts maybe it was just a book you didn't like maybe you don't like the fact that maybe you're the one of these people who thinks a book The book was just written, it was fake, it was just written by people It's not really the representation of a supernatural entity And for that exploitation of the people, you find it unsettling and you don't like it And you're totally within your bounds to believe that without being called a bigot or a racist The problem here is that a lot of people do not like brown people Who happen to also be Muslim And that's bullshit And there's no easy way To divide a line and make an easy answer Because There's such a correlation Especially within the media When people think of Muslim extremists You know Of course you could just discount all the countries Where you know they don't have a similar appearance or similar values to the extremists, but but no one no one wants to take a, a moderate nuanced approach. So, but I also disagree when the hysteria the hysteria becomes so that you know we're championing this loser kid who has nothing to do with anything. And right now, I sound heartless I know, I understand He was a 14 year old boy You know A 14 year old boy And he was wearing a NASA t-shirt And he was handcuffed And he was interrogated And he was inconvenienced in America for a couple of hours You know as opposed to children in other countries who are forced to become child soldiers and fight wars and it's important to keep perspective but it's still it's still something that could have been avoided you know unless it was a hoax in which case that was totally standard protocol i mean in defense the way the media reacts The hysteria over this kerfuffle is fucking insane. It's just... It's just gone to unimaginable proportions. You know, they've made comparisons to other students. You know, they get... Suspended for, you know, talking about guns. For biting a gun into a Pop-Tart. You know, just the shape been suspended for pointing a finger gun at someone at school. They've been suspended for having a BB gun, you know, just out in their front lawn, not at school. So with that type of psychotic zero-tolerance policies, are we really frightened or, you know, confused... That a child who brought something that looks like a stereotypical movie bomb into school, you know encountered a difficult time. I don't think if the same exact kid were any other color, he wouldn't have experienced a hard time. I mean, and the smoking the smoking gun of his guilt in all this to me, in my opinion. Are a few things, but the main one is the fact that he himself in his YouTube vlog video Expressed That he knew before bringing it to school that the item looked suspicious So he had an awareness That the clock was potentially looking suspicious And apparently he said several times he's made the clock from scratch Which turns out to not be true Multiple people from multiple videos, articles Have basically shown He took the internals of a clock And put it into a Tiny suitcase looking pencil case And uh, took it to every class He took it to one teacher who told him You know, you gotta not show that to anyone else He took it to each and every class He took it to a final class where the alarm went off, and, you know... As someone else put it, people were naturally alarmed by that. So, it grows hard for me to believe that it wasn't anything other than a hoax. He did it on purpose. He's trolled before, he's brought a remote to school, and, you know, to fuck with a projector or whatever they were watching on television and you know the whole thing's rather curious uh, i'm pretty interested in the story his father happens to be someone who's a media hound who he basically he's you know he runs for president of Sudan despite the fact he lives in texas which i'm not sure is even legal for him to do so he drove his family from texas to florida to proceed in a fake trial over the burning of the Quran. I think it's got politics written all over it. I think the kid is being influenced by his father, his mother, his family, and as stated by Mark Cuban, um, is being coached by his sister. And just the fact that something so simple and ridiculous and silly. Could reach all the way into President Obama, which is who wishes to you know politicize everything at every second and every instant before all the facts is even have even been released and invites the kid to the White House and to bring his stupid clock i don 't know what to think of it. It just seems like another scenario of the media. Everyone having a knee-jerk reaction immediately Before all the facts are in But to sympathize a little bit When I first heard the story I saw the pictures I thought, wow, this is ridiculous But I didn't know That his little pencil case clock You know, that's how you looked at his clock That was his his supposed invention Made-from-scratch invention is you take a little case you open it up you see its guts entirely you see a clock on the inside and that's it he didn't create it it's just there and he was arrested unlike they've said not for bringing a bomb to school but for bringing a hoax bomb to school which seems rather accurate and it's weird to be in a position where you sympathize with all the anti-Islam sentiment That is really just racism in disguise But when you can still call bullshit when you see it But does no one want to take a moderate, moderate fucking angle in anything? And I think that's what this boils down to Everyone wants an easy answer when no one has the answer You know, the answer will come from large swaths of people working and thinking and sharing ideas until piece by piece, you know, everything is solved. People understand it. And uh, that takes time. Blood and time. Because, you know the the you know the syrian refugee crisis and all that it's an interesting time it's an interesting timing to have all this happen at once but you know despite the fact that i think that kid lies i think he's a liar I think he's probably a uh, you know a kid of average intelligence, and that's a good thing. And he's a kid of curiosity, and that's a good thing. But I think he's just being puppeted by his family. But in a way, doesn't that represent America? Fourteen. I think we could all agree. Thirteen is the age of puberty. We're America. We're dreamers, we're being sold the American dream our whole life That at age 13 we get horny And everything is led astray We no longer think the same And then you start realizing how tricky life is That everything isn't handed to you That you gotta work for some things That you gotta impress people That you gotta impress chicks that NASA, you know, it's not real, you know? He he realizes that me becoming an astronaut probably isn't a thing, but I could wear the shirt, and then someone tells you, well, that shirt's just mass-produced at Target. doesn't really mean anything. And then instead of having all the time in the world left, you realize your time is limited. And that time... Becomes a time bomb, a time bomb clock, a time bomb clock hoax And what is left? Just the broken dreams He gets to go on a media tour And he's probably already hit the high peak of his life Because where where do you go from here realistically? People are going to find out it's not real and then what? He's just some annoying huckster. And his dad is a crazed media hound. And it's all heavily been politicized. But I wish, and I hope, that this can create a more balanced dialogue. Between, you know, Muslim Americans who are naturally going to be kind of different than the average Muslim Because they're probably, potentially, at the risk of fucking being whatever, more progressive They moved, they made it, they decided to, you know, live in America Which has a small population of Muslims So I don't think you can really say their perspective is necessarily going to be any more clear or any more different or whatever than anyone else. You sort of need to be in the Middle East to be in the heart of it. And I wish, I wish there was someone in the middle of both sides who could accurately display what the cultural differences really are between that side and what we have now. Then that would be interesting. Then we could led by a leader who's something more than just some troll kid who's getting way too much credit. But I guess that's just the way, you know... (laughs) That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. You know? You gotta throw away... A myth when you see one... Into the gears of the apparatus... Gotta sacrifice this kid's, you know... Integrity... And media value... And the desire to always make a sensationalistic headline and get page hits... At some point... And say, fuck it, I'm gonna shut my goddamn mouth until the facts are out in the open and straight. Can we do that once? No one knows what the hell they're talking about for now or for the foreseeable time being. So with that in mind, can we align our, you know, thoughts and ideas and prejudices for the time being. Thank you. This has been...